0: You have a problem with that? No sense, sir. I get him a body bag, Johnny. Yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs>
2: Welcome to Strictly Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Mag how's everybody doing today? I'm doing great. I'm feeling super happy to be talking about this. Um, now, I, I shouldn't say I'm doing great. I mean, you probably could tell I sound like total crap, but to be honest with you, that is pretty good for... What I've been see since Tuesday, last Tuesday, that was the night that I recorded the crow with Ty and Stars. That was the night that everything started crashing for me, where I was losing my voice. Um, I was super tired. I was having the chills. Uh, Just to let you guys know, I was actually working on recording Freddy vs Jason, and I got halfway through and I was losing my voice. And I said, "Man, I can't afford to do this review anymore. Um, I got to save my voice." for Tied Stars you know I've been waiting to do this since since uh, February and overall I think it went great uh, the crow definitely downloaded dramatically it was super fun times I had a blast um, but needless to say, the Freddy vs. Jason episode, uh, that's probably not going to ever see the light of day. You know, I kind of put that on the Facebook to kind of get your guys' opinion on that. Because you know what? I, I reviewed 8 movies last month. And uh, that's a lot, especially in, in a 4 week period to review 8 movies. And uh, I'm not going to go overboard this month, guys. It's just going to be pretty much just one movie a week. It's going to be Ninja Turtles, Ninja Turtles 2, Ninja Turtles 3, TMNT... And then Turtles Forever. And whenever I finish, is whenever I finish. You know what? I don't care if this rolls into December when it's the Christmas time movies. Uh, I'm just going to play it by ear. You know, I, I got a lot of stuff going on in my life right now, and um, there may come a point uh, pretty soon, actually, to where I may have to put the podcast on hold for a while just due to um, some problems. Uh, I'm having here, but it's definitely not going to be a definite thing. It's going to be just a temporary thing. So if that news ever comes out, I just want to give you guys a heads up not to be too shocked. Um, Trying to work around those things. so. Hopefully, I won't put any damper into the podcasting world. But, uh, but let's talk about some good times. We're talking some Ninja Turtles today. I'm super, super excited. I'm starting. You know, Halloween was an excellent month. I had a super fun time. It was a super black. You know, total fun. Uh, probably the most fun I've had in a super long time. And I thank all of you guys out there for help making it a super. Excellent October, just by all your emails and your comments on the Facebook pages and on Twitter it was just it was really fun. I really appreciate all the support I got from you guys in October and uh all the new fans that have been coming along and uh and here's to November with Thanksgiving and uh and doing this new family series Turtles and Turtles is just so universal. I, I just can't wait to talk about it. But before I do, let's go ahead and get into some movie and music news.
3: Yo, back up now and give a brother roll. The views is late, and I'm about
2: All right, now for movie music news, uh, you know, I actually recorded movie uh, music news last week for Freddy vs. Jason and uh, it's going to be kind of hard to try to remember what it was I talked about. So I'll just throw in that old information as soon as I get done talking about the new information real quick. That way I can cover everything that I didn't get the cover from last week since I didn't do a movie and music news section with high-end stars because of the uh, limited time I had. So, uh, interesting news I found out today is... Some more uh, some more TV shows are going to be hitting the big screen. Uh, if you are a fan of Kung Fu, which would be the Dave Carradine show, which Brandon Lee was also part of that, that is going to be hitting the big screen. But probably the one I'm pretty excited about is The Fall Guy. And uh, I know you guys know what The Fall Guy is. You know, that was uh, a TV show created by Glenn Larson, the same creator of Knight Rider. Well, if you're not too familiar with what I'm talking about with The Fall Guy, here's a little reminder for you.
1: Well, I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with fire up. I've never been with anything less than a nine. So fine, I've been on fire with Sally Field, going fast with the girl named Boa, but somehow they just don't end up as mine. It's a deathly fine life I lead. I take my chances. I die for living in the movies and TV. But the hardest thing I ever do is watch my leading ladies. Some other guy while I'm bandaging my knee I might fall from a tall building I might roll a brand new car Cause I'm the unknown stuntman That made Redford such a star I've never spent much time in school But I've taught ladies plenty It's true, I hire my body out to pay. Hey, hey, I've gotten burned over Cheryl Teague's, blown up old Rocky Welch. But when I wind up in the hay, it's only hay. Hey, hey, I might jump an open drawbridge or tarzan from a vine. Cause I'm the unknown stuntman that makes Eastwood look so Never make me president, but I got the best first ladies. Some days I've got on as far as the eye can see. A morning dive with Jackie Smith. I crash in the night with Cheryl. But in the end, they never stay with me. I might fall from a tall building. So bird rentals don't get hurt. I might leave a mighty canyon. He can kiss and flirt, while that smooth talker's kissing my girl. I'm just kissing dirt. Yes, I'm the loneliest dumb man that made a lover out of.
2: All right, I know, I know, I played the whole entire song, but you know what, I had to because that song flippin' rocks. And if you guys didn't know on the Facebook page, for all you guys out there that still are not fans of the page, I don't know what's wrong with you, but come on, people, get with the program, type in Sweep Delay Podcast on Facebook, and like this sucker, because you know what, all my boys, we are just talking and just having a good time on that Facebook page and we need more people to join in on the fun but one of the conversations was about favorite theme songs and that's definitely up on there man i'm telling you now granted knight rider has no words but Night rider is my favorite theme song because it's music but the fall guy is right up there with you know in my top because that song is just awesome so uh so yeah that's what i wanted to say in regards to uh, uh movie music news the new stuff This week, and uh, let me go ahead and jump into the old stuff real quick, and then we'll go ahead and get into the review of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Alright, so in movie and music news, I'm pretty excited. Uh, You guys all know I recently posted a video on the Facebook page where I reviewed the special edition of Batman Arkham City. And the results came in on the first week's sales and currently it has sold 4.6 million copies, which is uh, double the number of units sold for Arkham Asylum. Uh, it's basically a contender for one of the top-selling games of 2011, and it currently stands as the highest-reviewed PS3 and Xbox 360 game of 2011. On Mediacritic.com with an average score of 96 and 95 respectively. So that is pretty flipping cool. I'm excited. Uh, if you want to hear my thoughts on the game, go to the Facebook page and just look for the newest video that I just uploaded so you can check that out. Now, all you Walking Dead fans, I totally dig Season 1. I thought it was an amazing show. I especially love the fact of all the gore that happened at show. I just couldn't believe and I was just amazed at what they were showing. But uh, we all know that Season 2 just recently Recently started but the cool thing is is because of how many viewers and how big the ratings were they have already renewed The Walking Dead for season three so that is pretty flipping cool especially if you are a fan of The Walking Dead series I'm pretty sure you would be excited to know that not only will you get this whole season but you're also gonna get season three all right now all you fans of the Beverly Hills Cop series which I'm a big fan of the Beverly Hills Cops series Unfortunately, Beverly Hills Cop 4 is back to square one. No script. Uh, looks like things have kind of fallen apart. And God only knows when this thing is going to hit off the ground. So I would rather see a Beverly Hills Cop 4 than I definitely would a Crow uh, remake, which I'm definitely going to get into that tonight when I talked with Ty on that. Now we all know who Josh, uh, not Josh, but Josh Whedon is, uh, especially if you're a big fanboy. Now, after the Avengers, there's actually a movie coming out which is based on the play Much Ado About Nothing. Now, the cool thing about this play is the fact of the main stars are Amy Acker and Alexis off which, uh, sorry if I said the last name wrong. If you don't know who those are, if you're familiar with the uh, Buffy and the Angel Universe, especially Angel. Amy Acker played Fred in Angel, and Alexis is um, Wesley in the Angel series. So pretty cool that those two are back together and they're going to be in this movie. So stay tuned for that movie to be coming to you soon. So uh, music news, I just recently reviewed uh, a single that I just listened to recently. Uh, Britney Spears had... um, a.k.a. uh, in parentheses a controversial video which go figure she always does and the song is called criminal it's off of her new C and I actually found the video to be pretty not uh, controversial at all I thought it was pretty tame especially for her prior videos it's pretty cool it's kinda got a Latin flavor to it in the beginning and her boyfriend who's a real boyfriend in real life plays the part of Clyde and uh, pretty cool. See, they have like this shower scene, but they don't really show anything. They want you to think like she's all naked in it and stuff, but she looks way more clove than she ever did in any of her other videos but I thought the song was pretty good so I actually threw a review of that up on the Facebook page It's kind of one of those songs that kind of stick in your head uh, also Kelly Clarkson for fans of you out there which I know Tim my old co-host back in the Back to the Future Days is a huge fan uh, pretty cool Amazon has the album for $4.99 which I just love it when Amazon throws deals like that out there now of course if you buy the iTunes version you get like six more songs it kind of balances out, so you can take it however you want to You know, take that, take it or leave it. So, so that is it for movie and music news. Let's get into the review of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
0: Much more than just a series of small, isolated incidents, it's now apparent that an organized criminal element is at work. And at the moment, business is good. Police hey. have yet to come up with a single eyewitness. Only a few vague reports of young boys or teenagers at the scenes have been filed. But whoever is behind these crimes, one thing is certain. These are much more than just a series of random, isolated incidents. Crimes without criminals, an invisible gang at work. Who are we gonna
1: call? The Well, this is like meditating.
0: You are here because the outside world rejects you. Again, you're putting words into my mouth. Silence. It seems that somebody
1: ought to. Silence. We've been waiting for you, Miss O'Neil.
0: Some citizens of New York actually came to my rescue.
1: Everybody... Gosh, <laughs> <laughs> new... <laughs> yes, I do hope there's more of them. Good. Together we will punish these
0: turtles. <laughs> well, it was a shot, a good hit. What's
3: the- I mean. You guys must be studying the uh, bridge to if you're
0: Does anybody have any idea about who or what this is? I don't know but I'll bet I never ask to look for a can opener. Leonardo, Michelangelo, me, Yannatelo, and (laughs) Raphael. Cowabunga!
2: Alright guys, it's time to get into the review of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and I'll tell you, I'm super pumped about doing this series just because this is one series that is universal, that appeals to so many different people from kids to adults to teenagers. Uh, It's definitely reinvented itself numerous times but the thing that always remains the same is that it's all about family and uh, it's all about good times and that's what Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles always delivers. Now uh, what's kind of interesting if you didn't know I mean right off the bat this was not a movie first. If you are unaware of the fact this was a comic book this is how it started. It was a comic book then it went to a cartoon then it went to toys and then it went to a movie. And the creators of the comic book Kevin Eastman and Peter uh, Lard. Uh, or Lerd. I've never been able to tell how he's been able to say that. Now, these guys kind of made Ninja Turtles up by accident. Because initially, what happened is they were using money from a tax refund that they had together, and they also got a loan from Eastman's uncle. And they were young artists who self published one single issue. And of Ninja Turtles. It was supposed to be a parody of four other popular comics, which were Marvel Comics' Daredevils, uh, New Mutants, Dave Sims' Carabas, and Frank Miller's Ronin. And from there, it was just a. It's kind of a long story, so if you really want to read the history on that, I highly suggest you go read about that. But it's just kind of funny how this originally started off as kind of a joke, kind of a parody, and how it transcended and just became this humongous, iconic thing that we have today. So, in talking about the movie itself, now here's the thing this review can go two ways. There can be the douchebag review, which is what probably a normal review person would do, which is basically treat this film as though it matches up to their greatest film, which is their, I don't know, Scarface, their Citizen Kane, whatever, and just totally rip apart this film, so totally be a douchebag in their review or there's the review which is the way that I'm going to do it which is understanding what the film is its premise, what it's meant to accomplish its, uh, its funness, uh, its appeal to children its appeal to adults. Uh, now, is the movie a perfect film? No, it's not a perfect film. Um, are there problems with the film? Uh, there are, but not a lot. There's more things that are annoying then there are problems but this film is definitely a very very good film excellent excellent film which uh, I'm going to get into some of those details obviously as we go through this but I just want to give you a heads up of how this review is going to go you're pretty much going to know I'm going to give this a good good rating it's just a matter of how high am I going to put the rating and that's where the fun is going to come into play there are so many good things that I like about this film that I wrote down uh, so many different things that this movie has so much going for it, uh, very little bad, and the only bad stuff—and I can't really say it's nitpicks because it's stuff you see right from the very beginning of the film—and uh, those are the those are the annoying parts. But if you didn't know, this movie came out in 1990. And the movie's directed by Steve Barron, which he didn't really go on to direct a whole lot of things. And um, if obviously you'll know that this has three sequels. It's got Ninja Turtles 2, Seeker of the Ooze, Ninja Turtles 3, and then we have, of course, the CGI film, which is TMNT, which didn't come out until 2007. Now, um, the cool thing with this film is it does two things. It stays true to the comic... But it also incorporates the cartoon at the same time, which is pretty flippin' awesome. Now, the, car, uh, the comic book, uh, all the Ninja Turtles in the comic book had the red mask, which a.k.a. would be what Raphael looks like. There was very little humor in the comic books. It was a pretty serious comic book. Uh, and then when the cartoon came out they gave each one different colors so you could tell them apart they made it more lighthearted and fun so every kid would have their own favorite turtle and what they did for the movie they put both of those together and this is the end product which is an excellent decision now Ninja Turtles 1 is the best of the series but part 2 is definitely the funnest of the series and the reason why part one is the best is if you're looking at it as a comic book film, usually comic book films nowadays we would look at it as being you know very serious and and based on reality and and those kind of things uh and this movie is um it's as dark as it can possibly be for a kid's film now this film is definitely aimed towards kids, but I mean right off the bat. Uh, we have Raphael who says "damn," which most kids probably aren't supposed to say "damn" uh, to their parents. So you instantly get a vibe that this isn't your normal kids' film. Um, but there's so many good things in this film. So let's let's start off. Uh, let's start off with all the good stuff. Okay. So right from the beginning of the film. Uh, we're introduced to April O'Neil. Now April O'Neil is played by Judith Hogg. Now um, she's this is the only time she's played April O'Neil uh, in Ninja Turtles 2 and Ninja Turtles 3 she's replaced. Now right off the bat this is my April O'Neil. She's great. She's, uh, she's a redhead. Uh, she's a great actress. I, I like watching her. She does a lot of TV roles now. Uh, good stuff. Right in the beginning they show you New York City and you start seeing a, she's giving you a news report of what's going on around New York with all the um with all the theft going on. And what's really cool is uh there's one scene right off the bat where uh there's this truck Full of merchandise, and literally within five seconds, that truck has officially been wiped out. By the time the driver comes back and looks in there, there's a scene where a lady is watching TV. She turns her head, turns back, and her TV's gone. So, real good stuff, and it's supposed to uh, talk about the Foot Clan. And the Foot Clan in the cartoon is a bunch of robots, but the Foot Clan in the movie is actually a bunch of people so after April O'Neil does her news report she's leaving for the night and she goes in the back and instantly sees a rat so she screams and uh, when she gets down because she's you know she doesn't like rats she goes and sees that she's being robbed basically And they're like, bad timing. And she goes, you're telling me. And uh, instantly the guys jump on her. And it almost, you kind of think it looks almost like a rape scene, I would say. But they're trying to say, oh, well, we're just stealing her purse and I got her watch. Instantly you hear uh, this sound coming. uh, Sounds like this big old wind, which is essentially Raphael's sigh coming to knock out the light. So it goes completely black. You hear the Ninja Turtles come in, beat up the dudes, wrap them up in uh, rope. And then when the cops show up, they put the little sirens on. And the first thing, the first Ninja Turtle you hear is, is Michelangelo. And he says, Whoa! Kind of like he was amazed what he just did. So Raphael, you actually see poking out of the sewer because he... Since he used his sai to break the light bulb, he never got a chance to grab it. Of course, April O'Neil sees it. She grabs it and he says, damn. And as soon as he says, damn, he goes down the sewer and that's when the credits start rolling. And you get introduced to the turtles. Now, right off the bat, these are guys in suits. And uh, each each actor who was in the suits, played somebody else in the film, which I'll talk about in a minute. And for the faces, they had animatronics to do all the facial expressions. Now in part two, they all look a lot better than they do in part one, but I really like the look of how they look in this film. It's kind of a more raw kind of feel. You know, even though this film had a budget of $13 million, it really feels kind of low budget. And I really like the sense... Of filming here. It's good stuff. So of course we get uh, introduced to Michelangelo which I'm just going to put it out there is my favorite and it could be just because his name is Michelangelo but I always dug Michelangelo because he's the jokester, he's the funny guy and most of all nunchucks are my favorite ninja weapon and uh, when I was in martial arts training that was always the weapon that I always wanted to learn was the nunchucks. So, and I have a pair of nunchucks and those are just amazing. Uh, Leonardo, uh, right off the bat you see Leonardo first then Michelangelo then Donatello and they're all like we were awesome and then Donatello we all know he's the intelligent one but he never comes up with any good saying he's like bossa nova and of course they question him he goes Chevy Nova and of course he goes to the official excellent and they're all happy and then Raphael comes walking down and he just says damn you know uh, Raphael's is supposed to be very very angry in this film which the guy who plays Raphael does an excellent job each person uh, does their job perfectly uh, really good stuff so when they go into their hideout you see Splinter and Splinter is uh, is if you didn't know is a giant rat who is basically their father their teacher their mentor and uh, and this scene's really good because it's supposed to be serious, how he's talking about, were you seen? And they're like, no, sir, we there were many, but we fought well. And and instantly, this is when the jokes start to kick in. We get Michelangelo, good old Michelangelo, ordering a pizza and asking for every flippin' flavor of food there is. You know, pepperoni, um, it, awesome stuff sausage pepperoni ham he says no anchovies you put anchovies on this you're in big trouble okay and when splinter throws the book he says oh, that'll be it and the clock's ticking dude and the ninja tur- and then Leo and uh, Donnie turn around and start laughing at each other and when Michelangelo goes he he like that real hilarious I really love the the kind of jokes that we have it is some it's some good good stuff so after he orders the pizza, Splinter, uh, finally they get serious again and starts talking about the art of ninjutsu and uh, just really good conversation between all of them. And then we get another comedy act where they're playing um, uh, they're playing the Pee Wee Herman song, you know, uh, what's it called, tequila, but instead of saying tequila, they say ninjutsu. So, uh, again, these guys don't know how to be serious, which is why right off the bat you and love these guys. And that's, the next scene that is excellent is, uh, you know, Leo is dancing, sitting there. Raphael is still mad about losing his side. Puts on his trench corners hat. And he goes like, Raph, where you going? And he goes, out to a movie. Dad okay with you? Oh man, I love it. The guy that plays Raf, I swear, is this—he's uh, got to be an Italian guy. Uh, when you see him later in the film, uh, that's kind of the vibe that I got later. But I love his voice. His voice is just great. He has this excellent accent. Uh, I just love it when he's like out to a movie. That okay with you? It's it's flippin' hilarious. So uh, the pizza guy, which is Domino's has to get the pizza there in so much time. You know, they only have like 20 minutes. Well, the pizza guy is actually Michelangelo, the guy that gets off of his bike to deliver the pizza. He's like 122 and an 8. Great, where's 122 and 8? That's actually Michelangelo, the guy inside the suit play michelangelo that's him and he'll also return in the next movie which i'll point him on as well uh that scene's great because of the fact uh we get the skateboard scene uh donatello comes down the sewer on a skateboard coming to meet mikey because mikey's sitting at the sewer waiting for the pizza guy to show up and donnie's trying to be serious about what splinter said uh where he's like hey mikey you ever think what Splinter said, you know, about not having them? And Mikey, of course, doesn't want to be serious and just says, "Up, oh, pizza dude's late. That's three bucks off. So when the pizza guy actually shows up, uh, he's got to give him the pizza through like this metal crate. He goes, Hey, this is a 10. The tab's 13. And Michelangelo has this great line and says, Wise man once said, forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. And uh, then Michelangelo throws the pizza up in the air. Leonardo cuts it up with his sword, and the pizza falls in everybody's plate. Because you know ninjas, they never miss. Unfortunately, it accidentally falls on Splinter's head, and Splinter says, "Kids." So uh, you know the the very the int- the beginning of the film has started off to a really good pace. You kind of ev- you've got introduced to all the turtles. You get everybody's vibe. Uh, who's the jokester? Who's angry? Who's the leader? Um, You know, who's the smart one? real good stuff. So, I really like the next scene where Leo being, or not Leo, Raf is, Raph is out at the movies and of course, Critters is the only movie that's playing and he goes, ugh, where'd they come up with this stuff? So, someone actually rips off an old lady's purse and he sticks his foot out, they trip over it and uh, he opens up his trench coat, shows them his side and goes, uh-uh, those guys take off and they're like, what the hell was that? Which, let me just point it out, when the guy said, what the hell is that? Being in a kid's movie, you wouldn't, you usually hear the word uh, what the hell was that. So right off the bat you kind of know this isn't technically a kid's movie uh, but uh, in hell is pretty much hell and damn are the worst words that they actually say in this film. There's no other actual swear words. It's just those two but it could be considered hardcore depending on how you want to you know, define uh, words for your kids and stuff but what we get introduced to is Casey Jones, and I am a humongous Casey Jones fan because the actor that plays Casey Jones is Elis Cotis. Now uh, he's in a lot of movies. He usually plays uh, a secondary character. Uh, he is he's excellent. Uh, if you his most recent movie would be Let Me In, uh, the remake of Let the Right One In. He plays um, he is the cop that is trying to track down um track down the vampires basically uh he's in skidwalkers he's in a lot of movies he's in this movie called almost an angel with paul hogan from crocodile dundee he's actually uh, a paralyzed guy uh in a wheelchair obviously uh very he's very good in that but i love casey jones good times he's got the long hair going but definitely doesn't pull it off good like brandon lee does and uh we basically get what's gonna start to be the scenes between him and Rath because him and Rath they have this uh starting of a great relationship where they always fight and uh and it's good stuff because uh Raff is like "You know, let him go," and he goes, "Hey, you did your job now, let me do mine," and they have a little a little fight, and they have some really good lines to get to each other about uh a Jose Canseco bat. Tell me, you didn't pay money for this, you know, little stuff like that. And uh, when when he's like cricket, he goes cricket. You got to know what a crumpet is before you can say cricket. You know, stuff, little lines like that, which are absolutely hilarious. But where things get crazy is when um, Casey Jones actually hits. Raphael And he goes flying into a garbage can. And when Casey Jones takes off and says, Later, freak, I got work to do. Raphael gets mad and gets out of the garbage can. Freak, freak, and starts to chase after him. Well, you, you've seen this in a trailer where Raphael uh, gets, there's a car and he, instead of getting hit by the car, he just kind of rolls over the hood. Well, that scene where they're like, uh, What the hell was, what the heck was that? And that's when the taxi driver says, look like a big, tur- a giant turtle in a trench coat. Well, the guy that says, what the heck is that? That is actually Raphael. So watch that scene again. The guy in that seat is your guy. And he is the only Ninja Turtle to play both the guy in the suit and do the voice at the same time. Each of the characters inside the suit uh, are played by somebody and then another person will do the voice. And I forgot to mention... Corey Feldman is the voice of Donatello. And it really, really makes... Uh, I, I really love it. Uh, Corey Feldman, unfortunately, was not the voice of Donatello in part two. and That was part, a couple different things that hurt the movie for me, which I'll get into when I talk about that movie. But I really enjoy Corey Feldman as Donatello because he doesn't take it too serious. He has a good time. And that's the thing with this movie. You would kind of think that the movie doesn't take itself too seriously, but that's the thing. The movie does take itself seriously. It likes to think that everything around it is real. The world it's in is real. Everything's reality. And it, it basically has respect. Now part two definitely doesn't take itself seriously, which is why you have so much fun. But part one, the reason why you have such a darker tone is because of the fact it does take itself seriously. So really enjoy Corey Feldman as the voice of Donatello. He does excellent. All right. So uh, pretty much after that, uh, we get April O'Neil. Uh, after a couple small scenes, she is in a subway and she is told by the foot, the Foot Clan track her down uh, and the guy that actually hits her in the face uh, is also the guy that plays Donatello and they basically say we're here to give you a message because April O'Neil just keeps reporting on the foot and they're like your mouth shut it and April tries to fight back, they knock her out, Raf is able because she actually uses her raphael sigh and she dropped it raf is able to grab a sigh and we kind of see the first martial arts fight now it's really small but here's the thing with the fighting in this movie the choreography is excellent the fighting's excellent uh the weapon the weapons the way they use their weapons is excellent uh 100 percent uh total fan and The guys in the suits do an amazing job. You honestly believe it's a real-life flipping turtle that's kicking the living crap out of people. It's totally believable. They sell it perfectly. Uh, None of them look stiff. They all look great. And it it helps that one of the guys, Donatello, is actually Ernie Reese Jr., which Ernie Reese Jr. will eventually be in part two uh, because he did such an amazing job in... In the costume, they wanted him to have his own part in the next movie. So after uh, he rescues April, he goes in the subway to take April back to their, uh, to you know, to their home. But he doesn't. He thinks someone's following him, but he can't actually pinpoint it. But there's actually one Foot Clan member that follows them back to their hangout. Now, I really like this scene because this is the first time April gets introduced to the Turtles, and Michelangelo right away says, or Leonardo says, are you crazy? And Leo has his ex says, yeah, Leo, I'm crazy, okay? A loony, okay? And uh, he goes, why? And uh, he goes, oh, I don't know. I wanted to redecorate a couple throw pillows, a TV news reporter. What do you think? You know, he's such a smartass, and I love him for it. He's excellent. Uh, his line delivery is great. They, they all play off each other so well. And uh, when Splinter shows up, Michelangelo's like, can we keep her? You know, and he goes, go grab cold washcloth. And he goes, far out. So when April wakes up, She screams freaks out and tries to put into reality how okay that rat uh i saw you in you know and which is earlier in the film that explains you and the guys in the black pajamas they jumped me but you guys which she's pointing to the turtles i have no idea so when splinter starts to talk he's going to explain to her how the turtles came to be now here comes my problem with the film. Now, and I can't say it's a problem with the film itself because this is coming right out of the comic book. So I should just say it's kind of my problem um, with, the st- with the comic book story itself. Uh, but based on the fact of, you know, the guys were kind of making things up as they go, didn't think it was going to be as big, here's what my problem is. I like in the cartoon how they change it up because supposedly... Splinter uh Splinter learned ninja from his master. He was in his cage and he mimicked he mimicked uh his his sensei's moves. So that's how he was able to learn ninja uh ninjutsu. And then of course um when he when they explain how the turtles got to be the turtles which they got into a bunch of ooze I can go with that radioactive you know radioactive stuff I can buy that the thing that I can't buy which I know is just I should let it go which I do just to get past the film which this is kind of the one scene where you have to get past it and you can totally enjoy yourself the rest of the film and what the what you have to get past is how how splinter is basically a rat who is able to stand up and punch and kick And that's how he learned ninjutsu. Now if I had a rat that did that, man, I'd be selling it to make millions of dollars. But I like the cartoons version better where the actual sensei, which in the movie is Amato Yoshi, is actually Splinter where when he came in contact with the Ooze because the Ooze uh, is what made the turtles obviously mutate because they're called Teenage Mutant you know mutant in there uh, that would cause them to become bigger and smarter and everything I like the cartoons versions of Splinter's story where it's actually the sensei comes in contact with the ooze and is mutated from a human to a rat but in the movie they go with the comic book storyline which is that the rat uh just mimicked his teacher and flip and learned ninjutsu so that i always found annoying even as a kid i was like that doesn't make any sense how an animal can just stand up and punch and kick you know uh that that's kind of dumb but that's not with the movie. That's with the comic book storyline. I just wish they would have taken the cartoon storyline and it would have made it so much better. But again, uh, it's just it's just a little tiny thing. Not really a big deal, but that particular story kind of bothers me. I can go with everything else. I mean, we're talking about walking, talking Ninja Turtles. I mean, we're talking about turtles here that walk and talk. I mean, the story is is obviously out of this world off the wall kind of like muppets everybody loves the muppets but muppets don't flip and walk around town you know everybody just goes with it you know so i'm not complaining i'm just simply stating that that was something that always bothered me with the ninja turtle logic was how splinter was just if they would have just dropped a line like um he was some lab experiment that. Uh, he was able to uh, punch and kick. Just just one line that would have explained why he wasn't a normal rat would have totally fixed everything for me. But without that, you're just supposed to think of him as a normal rat. That's what hurts it for me. So uh, he's just explaining to her how uh, when he came in contact with the Ooze, he found the four turtles. Once they came in contact with the Ooze, they got became smarter and bigger. and uh, And that was basically it. And uh, and he named them, you know, Leonardo, Michelangelo, Donatello, Raphael. And uh, she's like, "I'm not dreaming, am I?" And uh, and then going forward from here, they all have a good relationship because they walk her back to her apartment. And uh, she goes, "You know, I invite you guys in, but I only have some frozen pizza." And Michelangelo jumps out of the sewer. And this part is weird. He says, "Let's go for it." and his mouth moves so differently than the way he says it. It's almost like it's a, like they film something and cut two different scenes together. And he said that that's the only off scene in the film where the voice and, uh, the actual movement of the character don't go hand in hand. But when they're like, did you, did she say pizza? So this scene is really cool where they're all joking and laughing and having a good time. Um, and, uh, Michelangelo does his James Cagney um impressions which is really good, funny stuff. And uh so what happens after that, they uh they go back home and they're like, you know, we had a good time but you know, we gotta go back home. And Splinter's gone. He has officially been kidnapped, which you find out he's been kidnapped from the foot. I really like this scene because they put the camera around Raphael and he just puts his arms up in the air and he starts screaming. And it gets so loud it actually hurts your ears if you have the TV up loud. I really dig that. So they go back to April's house and she opens the door and they're all sad. You know, what's the matter? So this is the point where they start to, they're officially now crashing at April's house. So we get introduced to uh, Danny. Danny was originally shown in the beginning of the film, but you're really going to get to know him now because he is the son of April's boss. And he is part of the foot. He actually... uh, He's... Part of this person you know group of guys that steal around town, and I really like this scene because it plays off later where he's looking at april's wallet there's a twenty hanging out of it, and he steals it uh, later on in the film he's going to give it back to her, so I like that little tiny scene um how it comes back into play, but this scene's really cool because. When uh, someone's knocking at the door, April says, can you guys, and before she can even say hi, they're gone. And it's a really fun scene where Danny looks around and uh, he sees Michelangelo and then he's gone. And uh, you see the little scenes of where they're all hiding at. Really good, fun stuff. And uh, so, yeah, it. Uh, I really dig that scene. It's good stuff. So then we get introduced finally to Shredder. Now Shredder looks flippin' awesome, okay? Uh, If you've seen, you know, I I know I reviewed Masters of the Universe with Dolph Lundgren. Uh, Not a lot of people downloaded that episode, which I can't blame them. But if you are familiar with how um, Frank Langella looked as Skeletor in that film, with his cape is exactly how shredder looks his cape looks flipping awesome because he walks in you got the big shadow you see the cape and he on his head it looks almost like a basket and then cut uh... to look what like it has chains and blades on it. it still looks cool though so and that's when shredders talking to all the kids because they're supposed to make you think that all these kids are bad it's a there's like this warehouse where after they steal stuff they bring to this warehouse and so they can have food drinks games entertainment you know uh, because they instantly show you two new guys coming in and the host is saying anything you want to do do it anything you want take it they're instantly like you got any cigarettes and they're supposed to show you kids are bad by smoking cigarettes um so they're playing like poker and they're all smoking and stuff. And we get a really cool song by MC Hammer called This Is How We Do It. The soundtrack is really, really good in this movie. And this song really is cool because at first, when I listened to it, I didn't know it was MC Hammer. And then after finding out it was him, I was like, oh, I could totally tell that it was him. And this is personally one of my favorite songs from him. So, uh, But that's why um, Shredder shows up because uh, the, they're showing you all the kids hanging out. But when... The bell goes off, it's kind of like somebody, um, it's like uh, in Japan where they'd hit a bell and then everybody gets together. And that's when Shredder just says how, uh, I'm. you know, I'm your father, you're my children because nobody accepts you, the outside world beckons you, and, uh, you know, I want you all to become part of my Foot Clan. And, uh you know, it's kind of where we get into the deep theme about how everybody wants to wants to be loved and accepted, and uh, that's the one thing the turtles have that everybody can appeal to—is they all love each other, even though they all fight. Um, that's the kind of family everybody wants to have, and uh, these guys don't have that kind of family like the turtles have. And what Shredder wants to basically tell the guys is, is work together so we can take out these freaks, the turtles. And of course Danny is there and tells Shredder that uh, he's seen a turtle and he knows where they are, which is April's apartment. So here's where things start to get really, really good. So the guys are watching April on TV and, you know, she's talking about the the Foot Clan and of course her boss is getting mad at her because she's insulting the police chief. And she um, the lady interviewing her just says, you know, you never explain how you got out of your attack or uh, how you got out of your attacking and she goes on record and thanks Raphael. Raphael smiles and the guys start to give him a hard time like brothers would do. And they're like, Look, knock knock, you know, they do the three stooges sound. He, I think he's blushing. They start to give him more crap, and what does he do? He takes a sign and throws it between Donatello's legs, and uh, he's like, uh, maybe not. So now we get the first fight, which is between Raph and Leo. Because uh, if you listen to the song Turtle Power, they say that Raphael is the leader, which we all know is not true. That was a writing error in the song. It's Leonardo is the leader. But they kind of call it out here where they're like, so what do we do? And Leo and Raph start to have a fight. And he goes, oh, so that's the plan from our great leader. Just sit here on our butts. Leo's like, I never said I was a great, you know, I was your leader. He goes, yeah, well, you sure act like it sometimes. He goes, yeah, well, you act like a jerk sometimes. But after this scene, Leo actually does become the leader. He officially will get into his leadership role. But uh, Raph gets mad, storms off, goes up to the balcony. And... What you don't realize is uh, Casey Jones is across the street, and he puts his binoculars on and he sees his buddy Raff over there. But what Raff doesn't see is the Foot Clan is now behind him. And this scene is excellent. Uh, the fighting starts to really get good here because of the fact you see Raff take on about like 20 guys, and he says this great line where he goes, um, "Oh, sorry, let me let me back it up real quick." Before the before the fight uh, before the fight ends between him and leo when the fight starts off donnie and mike are like you know those two are together you know they're the jokesters together so they're like fight fight kitchen kitchen and then when the fight's over and raf storms off and goes up to the balcony that's when uh mike goes pork rind And then Donnie goes, Borgron. And I'll tell you, me and my friends, we used to do that all the time. We'd be like, fight, fight. Because there was always three of us. or No, there'd be four of us. And when the other one would fight, me and my best friend, Nick, uh, we were like Mike and Donnie. We were always the jokester of the group. I'd be like, fight. He'd be like, fight. Be like kitchen, he'd be like kitchen, and even though we didn't have pork rinds, we'd always be like pork rind, he'd be like pork rind. It's always fun to call that out, and uh, I always wondered if anybody else ever did that. I always felt like a geek doing it, but it was good times. But uh, so when the foot clan show up, Raf's taking all these dudes out, you're seeing some excellent martial arts. He says this really great line where he's like, ah, Come on, do you guys, how do you guys expect to beat me? And then more of them show up. He goes, Good answer, good answer. So, April has taken the rest of the guys to April's store, which is basically her dad's business, but because he died, she's had it closed down for a long time. And while she's taking them up to the store, they cut the scenes of Raph being beat up. So, when they show the guys in the store, they're messing with stuff, and a couple of funny scenes, you know, Mike's got uh, some uh, symbols that he puts together and shakes Donnie's, uh, or Leo. Uh, it, it hurts Leo's ears so much that he starts to shake. So, uh, when they're, Rapel just keeps asking about Raph, Raph, you know, when's he gonna be here? And it finally gets to the point where she goes, ah, I'm sure he'll be here. And, you know, when you guys... Haven't you heard from Raph? And when Donnie's like, I'm sure he'll be here any minute. Here comes Raph crashing through the roof. And uh, first thing April says is, um, is he? And Leo goes, no, he's alive, barely. Because, you know, April loves Raph the most because that's the person that rescued her. That's the one she has the first connection to. So it makes sense that April uh, loves Raph more than the other guys. Even though she loves the other guys, she loves Raph more. So then we get this excellent, excellent scene, probably lasts a good 10 minutes. And uh, my favorite scene is where this guy has nunchucks and Mikey's like, uh, oh. well, when they crash in, Mike says this awesome line where he goes, and I thought insurance salesmen were pushy. So this guy comes out with his nunchucks, starts spinning it and Mike's like, oh a fellow chucker, eh? and he pulls out his nunchuck and they basically have a competition to see who can do chucking the best. Now what's really cool if you pay attention, when Mike is actually doing the nunchucks his face looks different. It it looks skinnier than normal because you can tell there's another guy in the suit than the guy that actually plays Michelangelo but uh, Mike obviously wins and he's like "Just keep practicing and we get a really cool fight and we get to see the Turtles kick some major butt good stuff and of course we don't get to see Raf kick any butt with them uh, which is a sad thing but this scene is really good and it's eventually going to end where Casey Jones will show up. And uh, the Foot Clan will eventually cause so much damage to where uh, they start an electrical fire. because so one guy takes an axe, hits the electrical uh, box, and it causes a fire. And they get out in time, and April's place is burning up. And Danny is across the street and just can't believe what he just did. Because Danny, I'm sorry to say, but you are the reason April's house burned down. Now one thing I wanted to say that happened during the fight that I absolutely love, uh, Donnie does this thing where uh, he takes his hand and he sticks it over his head. Uh, It's almost like if he was licking his palm and pushing his hair back. Uh, It's something Corey Feldman did in some of his movies and I like the fact that they did that for Donatello. It's the part where he says, uh, structurally speaking this is not a good time for you guys to drop in. Okay, so when they take off, they end up going to, um, it's kind of like April's, I I can't really say it's a summer house. It's not really abandoned. Nobody's been there for a while, but uh, her family owns it. And the movie kind of takes, um, it doesn't really stop. Uh, it just kind of chills out for a little bit because they're trying to nurse Raph back to health and Leo sits there the whole time because he feels guilty for the last thing he said to him about how we don't need him so the last thing he wants is for him to die um, Donnie and Casey are having basically the relationship that Donnie and Mike had earlier where they're joking around they have this really cool game where every letter of the alphabet they make fun of each other which is a really good scene but we pretty much this is the point of the movie where we get the relationship built between Casey Jones and April O'Neil they have a bickering relationship where Mike and Donnie like to joke how it's like watching Moonlighting and uh, April is doing commentary she's actually drawing the uh, the Ninja Turtles and commenting on, on each person how they're taking it and stuff like that really good stuff the artwork is amazing and I'm sure either the original artists are the ones that are actually drawing it and not April of course but when Raph finally wakes up Leo just basically just tells him how sorry he is. and uh, After Raph wakes up, he's no longer a jerk in the movie. I mean, if you thought he was a jerk before, uh, let's just say his anger has officially left the building. And he is pretty cool comic collective for the rest of the film. In fact, he has some of the best lines going forward in the rest of the film. So uh, we spend, uh, we get a really good montage of the guys working together, fighting, you know, training and stuff like that. Uh, but the real cool scene is uh, Splinter, which you'll find out is being held at the at the place where all the guys hang out. I guess you could say Splinter's hangout. They have Splinter hung up to um, on chains and stuff like that, stretching them out. And when Shredder's trying to get information out of Splinter, Splinter doesn't say anything, pisses him off more, basically just says, fine, just, just sit there and die. So what happens is Leo, just kind of meditating, actually gets a calling from Splinter, when he goes, Leonardo, and that's when Leo busts in. So the guys are playing this, this trivia game, real funny stuff, and he goes, you know... Master Splinter's alive and that's when Donnie's like, Sure, Leo, we all think he's alive and he goes, I don't think I know. And this is the point where Leonardo has officially become the leader because he's getting the guys grouped around a fire and he's gonna teach them how to interact and uh and hear Master Splinter. So when they finally get their, you know, minds and bodies together, they're able to bring Splinter, uh, and he's kind of in the fire talking to him how saying, you know, you guys have finally got the final lesson how the true art of a ninja is not from the body, but from the mind. And he goes, I just want to let you guys know that uh, I love you. And, and then he basically left. Because it's kind of like he's thinking he's going to die, which I would too. The guys cry. They basically know it's time to go rescue Master Splinter. So they head back into the city. Uh, but before they do, they go back to their to their house. And, uh, and that's when Raph's like, I don't get why we can't go now. And that's when Leo explains to him how we want to go now, but we we need some sleep. He's doing his leadering. And Raph is like, you know, you're right, I agree. But they hear a noise, which this is the point where if you don't know Leo's the leader, it's that scene right there where Raph is saying, yeah, you're right. You know, that's the best thing to do. Uh, if Raph if Raf was the leader, it would be him telling that to Leo. But Danny's actually hanging out in their place. And uh, because he actually ran away, Uh, because he got busted stealing stuff earlier in the movie, his dad uh, was just basically threatening him. He got scared. He ran away. And throughout uh, the film, he's talking to Splinter. And Splinter explains to him how fathers love their sons no matter what. Uh, He's explaining to him how Splinter is actually, or, or not Splinter, but Shredder is the one that killed his master, and how his ear got cut and how you wear his symbol so he's he knows for a fact that shredder is uh a rokosaki so uh so yeah danny finally decides to get out of there and he hangs out and doesn't even realize it's the turtle's lair really and uh when he gets busted um he just begs and pleads that he, they don't call his dad. Now Casey Jones has a problem about hanging out in a sewer. And Donnie gives him crap about how he's claustrophobic. And really funny stuff. And Casey's like, you've never even seen another man before. You know, real, real funny lines like that. So Casey leaves and goes to his truck because he doesn't want to to stay in the sewer and he doesn't want to deal with their crap. He goes, fine, I'll, I'll go out in the truck. So Danny actually wakes up later in the night. And uh, Casey Jones sees him escaping. So Casey, being the good guy he is, actually follows him. And it's a good thing he does because he actually, uh, when Casey gets there, he'll actually beat up a guy, put on the the Foot Clan suit, and uh, he, Casey and Danny will eventually rescue Splinter. Which is which is awesome. So when we get to the climax of the film, here's where things start to get really, really good. Oh yeah, like I said, uh when Raf gets some of the best lines, um, when they hear Danny in their place and they open the closet and Danny's like, Don't shoot and Raph's like, I don't think it's loaded, kid. You know, that's that's a really good line by him. But so the guys prepare, uh, the Foot Clan or they know that the Foot Clan's coming. To take them out, because what happens is Shredder busts Danny because um, Danny wants to bust out Splinter, but he's busted by uh, Shredder first. He finds the drawing in the back of his pants and he's like, they're back. And he's thinking that the Foot Clan's gonna take out the turtles before the turtles know, but the turtles aren't stupid so we get some really good ste- uh, stuff where they put the smoke on they put like steam uh, beat up the dudes and Raph's like eating an apple and says gee I got or he says gosh I sure hope there's more of them and when more walk in he's like ah oh, good and uh we see Donny on a skateboard beating people up and then when they finally get to the street they're cracking jokes about uh it was a shell of a good hit you know stuff like that and uh mike does the famous when someone tries to hit him in the back of the head with an axe he puts his body into a shell hits the guy and says god i love being a turtle so when the guys get to the rooftop they uh are about ready to fight shredder and real funny stuff when they're like who or what is that and he goes i don't know but i bet it never has to look for a can opener that's for mikey and donnie laughs he's like he he you know real funny and uh, uh this scene is really good. Uh, spends about ten minutes just fighting. Really good music's good. The score, you know, music score is excellent. The fighting is good. And eventually, uh, Splinter is going to show up and tell him that I know who you are, uh, Orochimaru. Last time I saw you, I'm the one that gave you those marks on your face. You cut my ear. So when Shredder tries to attack him, uh, it the guys had to get rid of their weapons because um, Shredder actually beats up the guys. They can barely even touch them. And at one point he's actually going to kill Leonardo and he tells the guys to throw their weapons. But Mike actually throws his nunchucks and they land on the ladder that Splinter uses to climb up to get on to the balcony. So he actually has Michelangelo's uh, nunchucks and when Shredder is coming at him with his uh, spear that's when he flips him over, and he's just hanging there, and he tells him how, you know, when you die, uh, everybody has to die, but when you die, it's going to be without honor, and uh, he lets him go because he, um, Shredder throws a knife at Splinter's face, and when Splinter tried to catch the knife, he couldn't hold on, because uh, he had to use two hands to hold on to him, so that lets Shredder go, and he falls into a garbage truck, and you think he's dead, uh, well... You pretty much know he's dead, but they'll bring him back in part two. And uh, the ending is basically them um, hugging Splinter and how much they miss him. And Casey and April, they kiss. Uh, it's such a good time. And then we get the closing with you finally hear Cowabunga for the first time at the end of the film. And that's it. That's a wrap. So, uh, so Yeah. Um, oh, Danny! Uh, before he met up with his dad, that's where he gives April back her money and just says, um, "You know, tr- you know, I owe something to you. Trust me." So uh, yeah, uh, really good, really good stuff. So uh, as far as what I don't like about the film, what I don't like was pretty much my issue, which, as I said, came from the comic books. St- side not the movie side because the movie as I said is pulling it from the comics so I can't even say it's a problem with the film um, overall I, I thought the movie uh, was really really good uh, I could say the movie definitely holds up today uh, even though there's a few you know uh, there's a Walkman uh, there's an old school Burger King box you could definitely watch the film today and still enjoy yourself dramatically uh, The martial arts is good The the line delivery is excellent The words match up with the anatomic faces uh, Nobody phones it in There's no real annoying characters in the film April is excellent Casey Jones is excellent uh... really good stuff uh... it's definitely uh... it's not the best comic book movie ever um, but uh, considering the time frame it was made in the film was taken seriously and uh... in fact the film was considered too dark for parents which is why uh, in part two you pretty much never see them with their weapons and uh... actually if you didn't know this but the film has to have um, alternate versions see the UK Uh, censored this film due to eastern fighting weapons like uh, Michelangelo's nunchucks they're not allowed to show that stuff so they either had to have alternate shots of Michelangelo uh, where he's not showing his weapon or they had to take him out altogether Uh, there's a German theatrical version which is basically the same thing as the UK version they're not allowed to show nunchucks Uh, they threw in a lot of funny noises like cartoon-like noises to help cover up the violence of the film but uh, yeah I uh, I think this movie is excellent I would definitely give it four stars no doubt about it um, why wouldn't I wouldn't give it four and a half uh, it's not that the film isn't worthy enough of a four and a half but it's a very strong four um, the fact of I mean you're dealing with you know walking talking turtles you're dealing with walking talking you know rats uh it's kind of uh, it's like howard the duck you know it's kind of out there but they pull it off so well you're definitely in that world so uh the film being as old as it is everything works great so i definitely give it a very strong four probably a weak four and a half but a strong four stars no doubt about it excellent film as i said this is the best of the series now um Part two is more fun than part one because part two is so full of jokes than part one uh but part 1 is shot better the story is better it's as i said it's darker so that's why if for a comic book movie if you're watching you know let's say you're you're having one of those days where you just want to watch comic book movies you would want to watch the first ninja turtles and not watch any more because if you watch part 2 you'd be disappointed because it doesn't have the same kind of tone that part 1 set so so yeah guys that's my review of, uh, of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Excellent film. And uh, I got a lot of emails um, uh, today. So let's go ahead and get into some emails. Alright, so the first email comes from Anthony in uh, Hillmar, California, uh, which, you know, Ty uh, knew exactly who it was. And a lot of this email has to do with uh, with the crow, you know, from the last conversation with the crow. Nothing with Ninja Turtles, but really, really good emails. So check this out. Here's what he said. He says, Hey there again, Ms. Sunis uh it's what's becoming common I'm emailing you uh it's a course it of course pales in comparison to your notorious history of email sending as I believe that no way anyone could beat that, which yeah, I mean I pretty much uh at least at least before a couple weeks ago I was emailing in all the shows Flicks film and Focus, just Just all of them every week if multiple emails and stuff. Uh, I've been doing it for, uh, I don't know, a year and a half now. But uh, I, I've kind of dropped the ball a little bit. I haven't been getting as many emails over there and I need to do that. But it's kind of funny that he said that. He said, uh, listen to your recent episode with Ty and Stars. And I have to say that I really enjoyed it. And it will it will likely be one of the most mem- uh, memorable episodes of Toke the Bong. Sorry, apparently Ty's little shtick got the better of me. Uh, Yeah, I I have to admit, I had so much fun on The Crow. It was definitely a good time. One of my favorite episodes. Um, I I hope more people will be able to listen to it. Uh, So yeah, uh, I hear you, sir. Uh, He said, although I believe that this email will likely be read sometime after Halloween, I still want to suggest the movie... That you should uh, that should be checked out. The movie is behind the mask: the rise of Leslie Vernon. If you haven't seen it already, it's a film that's somewhat of a documentary of someone trying to become the next stalker icon and showing you how he prepares for his upcoming killings. It's not a spoof, and I think you might find it worth seeing. I have not seen this, but you're you're right. It would be something I'd be worth seeing. It does look and sound well. It does sound very interesting, and I like those kind of stuff. I like the biography kind of stuff. It's good times. Now he says, get into the main reason why I'm sending you this email. I came up with something that you might want to consider doing for a future episode of the podcast. The idea is, what are some of your favorite movie series? Now before answering, there are certain guidelines. The series has to be and can't be any less than four movies. Three movies with a remake don't count and spin-offs that come from main series can be included. Following those guidelines, here are some of my favorite film series in no particular order. Scream, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, Alien, Die Hard, Harry Potter, and The Crow. And he says in capital letters, a complete joke as to continue from my previous emails. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's a good idea. Um, I'd say I, I like your, uh, your suggestion and I like some of your series you have in there. Uh, I'd have to think about that uh you know I have so many movies planned right now um, I haven't really had a chance to I don't really want to do a whole kind of you know topic say okay I'm gonna talk about uh this topic and then you know go into the movies if anything like if like for example I'm doing the ninja Turtles series where I'm actually gonna be reviewing every single movie uh one series that Uh, I'm going to be doing later in the future is called Movies So Bad They're So Good, where it's movies that I have asked people on Facebook, what are the movies that you love to watch that are so bad they're so good? I've taken some of those suggestions, watched them, that kind of thing. But yeah, I will definitely keep that under advisement, and uh, you know, I will uh, I will definitely get into that uh, at a later date. But good suggestion there, sir. He says that's all I can come up with uh, at the moment. Considered adding the entire American Pie series, but wasn't sure since most of the straight to DVD movies are somewhat their own story, with the exception of Noah Levinstein, which is Jim's dad appearing in them. And before anyone can complain, I'm one of the few people who aren't that uh who aren't that uh, big a fan of Star Wars and Star Trek movies, I appreciate what they are um i appreciate I appreciate what they are, but are ones that I can't really get into, please hold whatever hostile, hostilities to a minimum um you know I feel the same way with star trek uh I've watched the Star Wars films, I enjoy them, but I'm definitely uh, not like gonna kill you if you haven't seen them or give you any craft for it. I have never watched any of the Star Trek films. Uh, it's just something I've never really been interested in. Even though, uh, if I was, I would definitely watch um, Wrath of Wrath of Kane or Khan, uh, as it's been said. And then um, there's one where they go. It's like a kind of a comedy, so I'd probably check out that one. But I'm not gonna give you any craft for that. So. Um, it's pretty much all I wanted to say in my email, with the exception that another idea you can do is some of your favorite movies that came from a TV show and movies that went on to becoming TV shows. I'll leave it up to you whether you want to go with that idea or not. Uh, that's an excellent idea. Um, I like your first idea. I like that one even better. So I will definitely do that, sir. I just don't know when. But uh, I will definitely mark this email in regards to future ideas. So good stuff. And uh, if you want to go ahead and send in what you think, I'd like to hear it as well. Because that could also give me some ideas. You said, until next time, as soon as see ya. And looking forward to your next sweep the floor. I mean sweep the leg. Damn you, Ty. Just kidding. See ya. So that was Anthony. Thank you, sir, as always. Good time uh, hearing from you. So, uh, the next email uh comes from John the mailman, and man, this is some good stuff, okay. He said, "Uh, Hello Mike, I just got done watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and I have to say, still really good, can't wait to check out the next ones. I didn't remember how fast it moved. I thought Casey Jones' first fight came in a lot later and April finding out about the Turtles too. And Splinter was taken really early. I mean, all this went down in like the first 30 minutes, which this is very true sir. That definitely all happened within that time frame. Some of my favorite parts was Raphael saying damn all the time, which, yeah, I hear you, that was crazy, and his fight on the roof. Also, Michelangelo's little one-liners are great also. This movie seems to be a lot about Raphael. Now, let me just say this, TMNT is all about Raphael and all about Leonardo. There's barely any Michelangelo and barely any Donatello. Right off the bat, I'm going to tell you that's my huge problem with that film is the lack of screen time for those two. This film has a really good balance between Raff, Donnie, Mike, and Leo. I think every single one got excellent amount of screen time. Um, I hear you about Raph. But you got to admit, he got a lot of screen time in the beginning, the dude was taken out, then they were focused on those three, and then he eventually came back in about like 15 minutes later. So really, if you think about it, it was pretty well balanced out. Uh, He said, also Michael, um, he said, um, oh, if he didn't get knocked out, it's like no one would have got any time to shine. Which I can kind of see where you're going with that, so I can agree with that statement. Uh, but at the same time, when I relook at it, uh, I can literally say I think everybody got a good amount of time. Maybe Leo could have got a little bit more. But I definitely got my Michelangelo fix. So I was a happy camper. He said, all the fights were great. I don't know why they didn't do more live action movies because it looked pretty good to me. The last fight versus Shredder could have been a lot better, but it was still good. Uh, this is a great family movie, and you did good pick in this series. Well, thank you, sir. And I'm really glad you guys were so excited about me doing it. I kind of thought I might get ripped on for it, but uh, it seems everybody was pretty pumped for it. So that was uh, that was good news to hear. He said, "Favorite quote. Come on, and I mean, how do you guys expect to beat me? Good answer. Good answer." Uh, love it. Yeah, That that was that's a good pick, sir. Having a lot of fun with this podcast and on the Facebook page. Keep up the good work. John the Mailman, consider this email delivered. It sure was, sir. I always love that little line you throw in there. It's always good times. He said, P.S., what's up with the song at the end calling Raph the leader when it's Leo? I kind of touched on this earlier. Like I said, uh, the song was written before the film was finalized. So I think they were kind of... uh, It was just a writing error, uh, which they've come out and said later on in interviews that uh, after the movie came out, they were like, oops, we shouldn't have said that. But you know what? Most people just the song itself is so good that most people don't really care about that line too much and, and they give it for what it is. So, all right. The next email comes from Sebastian. He says, hello, sweep Jason under the floor. Wait, wrong title. Um, how is the cold? Uh, I don't care about the cold. I don't care about its feelings. The cold made me sick. I don't like the cold. Cold sucks. Fall. It's my favorite time of year. Um, Fall and spring because you know I don't like to go outside feeling like I got to take a shower every half hour with the humidity but I hate wearing a winter coat but uh, yeah fall fall and spring those those are my two fair. He said same thing is happening here uh, last week on Tuesday I saw Paranormal Activity 3 because it was half price at the cinema and was scared so bad that I wet my pants back Backup pants and backup backup shorts. It was a pack theater at a ten ten p.m. showing. If you haven't seen PA three, what are you doing? What I'm doing is not watching those films. Um, I just haven't got around to it, dude. Uh, you know, I definitely hear you and John, the mailman, say how great it is. And, you know, Jason and Dan say how great it is. I have no problem in watching it. I'm really interested in watching it just because my wife hated the first one. She thought it was so boring and stupid. And usually she likes every kind of movie that I do. So the fact of my wife hating it and everybody around me telling me how good it is has really got me interested in checking it out. I just haven't found time to watch it yet, you know. Uh, doing this podcast takes up a lot of my time so any free time i have is just watching the movie i'm going to be doing that week and then trying to record and edit and that kind of stuff so uh free time doesn't really happen too much especially when you got kids but i will eventually get that in all right and i got one final email and this comes from john from philly and sir where you been man i've been waiting for your emails and they haven't been coming in so i'm glad to hear from you sir and uh this just came in right before i started recording so it was good timing He said, Hello sir, TMNT is a great movie and I am a big comic fan and was as a kid when these came out in comics in black and white and watched the cartoon a little, but the first live action movie is awesome. Some of my favorite quotes, Michelangelo, watching a torso and a hair cartoon on TV. You believe this guy? Come on. Ninja kick the damn rabbit. Do something. Yeah, I flippin' love that scene. That's the thing, man. They say damn all the time in this film. It just cracks me up. Uh, He says, Donatello, fight. Uh, And then Michelangelo, fight. Kitchen, kitchen, yeah. And then listening from the kitchen, pork rind, pork rind. Good times. Now to this day when eating chips went around people, I would turn and point the bag towards them and say, pork rind, never got a response. Someday I will get the re- they will get the reference. Dude, I so hear you, man. I flip and do that too and nobody gets it. The only one that ever gets is my wife. I'll eat like a bag of chips and I'll point to her and I'll be like, pork rind? And she'll be like, pork rind, you know, because she loves this movie just as much as I do. But anybody else, especially if they're not geeks, they don't get it. And that, I hear you, man. That totally is annoying. Uh, I, I feel you, sir. And, uh, you know, if I was in a room with you, I would totally do the pork rind scene with you because that is flipping awesome it said uh, i just watched this movie again not too long ago and i still think it rocks john from philly well thank you sir i really appreciate you emailing in dude you got to email in more man cuz you're slacking man it's been it's been a couple of episodes since i heard from you but i love hearing from all you guys it's always a good time um and if you have not wrote in yet, uh, feel free at uh, podcast, yahoo.com, I'm Also on Twitter at STL Podcast, and uh, also um, on the Facebook page. Uh, if you have not liked the page, please do so on iTunes. I'm only at eight reviews on iTunes. I would really dig another iTunes review. Uh, now, if you're planning on going out there and just saying how crappy I am, uh, you know, I mean, I want honest. Uh, I want honest opinions and stuff, but... If you're just going to go out there, rip on me, then you know maybe you can just email me and just tell me how bad I suck. But if you think I'm doing good uh, and you want to throw me a quick review on iTunes, that would be so awesome if you could do that. So um, other than that, guys, that is it for uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Let's go ahead and get into the music spotlight. All right, music spotlight. Now, this is going to be a special one because you guys are going to get two songs. Uh, the first one is obviously i got to play some Turtle Power. I mean, talking to some Ninja Turtles... Uh, and the soundtrack was so killer. I mean, nine point nine five is uh, is a really good song. Um, you know, I really dig the uh, I really dig the MC Hammer um, song. And uh, but I really wanted to throw out some TMNT by Partners in Crime or, or Turtle Power from Partners in Crime because everybody knows this song. Good song. Uh, I talked about it in the review about the lyrics. So if you haven't heard it yet, but that's gonna be after. the the main song of the Music Spotlight. And here's the reason for this song that I'm going to be talking about. Now, uh, if you didn't know already, on Sunday, November 6th, I have fourth row tickets to go see my second favorite band, Skillet. And uh, it's going to be at uh, my local uh, theater, kind of small, and it's going to be good times. Uh, Skillet is rated one of the greatest concerts uh, that you can go to. I mean they have pyro, uh, it's ridiculous. There's people who don't actually like their music that just said that their concert was amazing. And uh, I'm going to play their new single which I cannot wait to hear live. Uh, it just got released two weeks ago and it's already in the top 10 rock charts. It's called It's Not Me It's You. And if you can't tell when you listen to a song what the song's about, it's just about those stupid people in your life that you need to get rid of that they make you think everything's your fault but you need to know that it's not your fault it's their fault and never blame yourself uh it's a much deeper meaning to it so you got to listen to the words but that's the overall thing is it's not me it's you all the stupid things you say and do you know i've come to realize that it's not my fault it's been yours the whole time it mostly deals with like uh you know bad relationships and that kind of thing but uh i want to play that for you uh the song is called it's not me it's you it's flipping awesome uh go check the song out it's on the rock charts today so just flip on the radio and you should hear this song coming your way and then after the concert on sunday Uh, I'll either on the Facebook page or on my next review for Turtles 2, I'll go ahead and talk about a little bit during the music section, uh, what happened at the concert, if I can get some cool videos and pictures, I'll throw that up to you guys, it's going to be good times. So here it is, it's Skillet, it's not me, it's you, and then stick around after that for some partners in crime with some turtle power. Uh, You guys take care, I will talk to you next week. Uh, plan on me recording on Tuesday if all goes well. So you got plenty of time to watch Turtles 2. And then send your email to yahoo.com. And uh, this is Masunis out. Take care.
3: day and age who could ask for more the crime wave is high with buggings mysterious all police and detectives are furious because they can't find the source of this lethally evil force To put these crooks in jail. She spied the bad guys and saw what happened. But before she knew it, she fell in a trap and got caught. Yeah, she was all alone. No friends and no phone Now this was beyond her worst dreams Cause she was cornered by some wayward teens Headed by Shredder, they were anything but good Misguided, unloved, they called them the foot They could terrorize and be angry youth And they'd mug the people who needed proof That from out of the dark came an awesome sound Shouted as they hit the ground From the field of weeds, the heroes rescued the flower Cause they possessed turtle power
0: do what's right, that's turtle power.
3: Pills on a half shell, they're on a mission. When there's a battle, got the enemy wishing that they stayed at home. Instead of fighting these ninja masters with moves like lightning, they're once normal. But now the Newtons Splinter's the teachers, so they are the students. Leonardo, Michelangelo, and Donatello. Make up the team with one other fellow Raphael. He's the leader of the group, transformed from the norm by the nuclear group. Pizza's the food that's sure to please. These ninjas are into pepperoni and cheese. Back to the story, it's not hard to find. Ninjas not just of the body, but of the mind. Those were the words that the master instructed, but a letter from Shredder has Splinter abducted. That was the last straw. Spring into action. Step on the foot. Now they're gonna lose traction. Now this is for real, so you fight for justice. Your shell is hard, so you shout they can't dust us off like some old coffee table. Since you've been born, you've been willing and able to defeat the snake, protect the weak fight for rights and your freedom to speak now the villain is chilling so you make a stand back to the wall put your sword in your hand remember the words of your teacher your master evil moves fast but good moves faster than life shining for your illumination good versus evil equals confrontation so when you're in trouble don't give in and go sour try to rely on your true power